0: Hi, welcome back to AR Zone. I'm your host, Carolyn Bailey. These continuing interviews on intersectional veganism and related issues are in association with VegFest UK. In today's interview, Roger and I are thrilled to welcome our guest, Joe Bryden. Joe's been involved in activism of one form or another for as long as they can remember, though primarily involved in disarmament and anti war campaigns, with brief forays into anti fracking and anti nuclear escapades. An interest in animal rights developed about two years ago when they finally went vegan. Joe is now an active member of the Animal Alliance, a vegan outreach group based in Brighton in England. Growing up gay in a very heterosexual world has helped Joe realise the importance of intersectionality in all of these campaigns. And they are involved in a number of groups promoting greater understanding of LGBTQ issues within other communities and campaigns, such as Bristol Against Pinkwashing and the Quaker Lesbian and Gay Fellowship. Joe, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today and welcome.
1: Oh, no problem, it's nice to be here.
2: Hi Joe, how are you doing?
1: I'm not bad, thanks. And yourself? <laughs> oh,
2: grand, thank you much. You're good.
0: Joe, I'd like to begin today by asking you about a term that I know you use often, otherisation. You've implied that this is the root of all oppression and I agree with would you please elaborate on what you mean by
1: that? Yeah, otherization is this term we come across in a lot of psychological essays around how oppression manifests itself. And I was thinking about um, this in pre- preparation for a talk I was going to give. And I realized that the moment you see somebody as an other and put them in this group, then it starts to legitimise what you do against them and realising that actually a lot of the things I've experienced um, as a gay person growing up, um, a lot of the negative experiences there came from people seeing me as another or at times me seeing myself as another. And that kind of mindset was something that was really harmful to me. And then I started realising that actually... If we started dealing with that in regards to how we viewed other species, then a lot of the ills that we do to them would be resolved almost automatically if we started viewing them as part of that same moral community that we view us in.
0: It's so it kind of it's like an us and them yeah type thing where we feel that we're able to disregard the needs of others because we see them as others.
1: Yeah, it's this kind of... It's a dichotomy, really, where you get the in-group and the out-group. And I was reading an article, this was years and years ago, um, when I was quite young, about the Lord's Prayer um, and how if you were a black South African in the time of apartheid and you were listening to the white churches doing the give us this day our daily bread. You know, how must that have felt to hear that give us but not give them? And in that sense, the us that's normally so welcoming becomes an exclusive thing and it becomes something that's, yeah, that's kicking people out of that us group. And I think that's really harmful.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And I totally agree that it can can be seen as the root of all oppression. I know that we see it often in the animal advocacy community, Mm. particularly in regard to events such as the Yulin Festival, where we, we seem to be able to put such a focus on, you know, what, in inverted commas, the Chinese. Because we, we see them as others, and we mm. don't stop to think that what we're doing in greater numbers ourselves, but we're still able to sort of focus our hatred on them. Because, as you say, you know we see them as the out group. We see them as the other. Mm.
1: A big one we have in the UK is halal, um, and people seeing mm. that as something terribly, terribly evil, and one of our tabloids printed an article um, claiming that the thing that was really awful about halal slaughter is that the animals must be alive when they're killed. And I just thought that was the most ridiculous um, criticism that they could pull up when really what they were trying to say is the thing that's really awful about halal meat is that it's Muslims who do it and that's, you know, further creating that separation and I think it's pointless to pursue any kind of social justice in at the expense of another. I think that's, that just
0: shouldn't happen. It makes no sense. Exactly. It makes absolutely no sense. Thanks so much, Joe. Uh,
2: so, Joe, it's my pleasure to introduce you at uh, VegFest uh, UK London at the activist session earlier this year. I don't know if you remember, but uh, so hi again in that sense. Yeah. Hi again. Yeah, so um, your own story seems to underline the importance of intersectionality to me. In fact, uh, you seem to embody that 1970s idea and notion that the personal is the political with an understanding that one has to look at justice with a broad brush approach, if you like. So are we we really going to get close to overcoming rights violations against other animals unless we can fully embrace and understand that both oppressions of groups and their liberation are are all entangled together.
1: That's a really interesting one. Of course, it's one of those hypothetical things that you can never really give a full answer. And of course, I don't know the answer any better than anyone else. But I think it's certainly something that isn't harmful to recognise the importance of all of this entangled web of oppression. And something that will be very, very beneficial.
2: Well, you know, we we, we see a lot of pushback to this idea on Facebook. I wonder whether you've experienced it as well, you know?
1: Yeah, so you're asking if we don't tackle things intersectionally, is it possible to get rid of the aggression of other species?
2: Yeah, yeah, in the sense that... um, you know, everything's kind of entangled. So if if we if we understand the oppression of all the different groups as it entangled, then it means that the liberation of all these groups are entangled too. So, you know, people talk about taking the wall down one brick at a time, but it's a bit more complicated than that, I think. And in, yeah. the, in the sense that, you know, as you alluded to in, in your first answer, I think is that you can't really fight for the rights of other animals if you're, for example, trampling all over the over women's rights in the way that they yeah. do. Peter does. You know, so Mm. a kind of intersectional understanding seems to me to be becoming more and more basic. And it just seems welcome to me. But again, as I said, there's a bit of a pushback to it, I think.
1: I think to view this in human terms, um, because sometimes it's useful to go into human terms, it's something we understand a lot better, it seems. Uh, In terms of a lot of my activism, with the anti-pinkwashing movement. Um, A lot of organisations with very dubious human rights records, and um, one of the most common uh, manifestations of pinkwashing is with regards to the State of Israel, where they will strongly promote their gay rights record because it seems something very easy and very trendy to do. And covers up a whole load of ills and one of the things that the anti-pinkwashing movement says quite clearly is that gay rights means nothing in a society where you've got racism, where you've got apartheid, where you've got slave labour, where you've got this and that. That's not gay rights at all you know and I think it would be very very healthy if the animal movement recognised that that The liberation of other species means nothing if we're marginalising people within our own species. It's still not a full embodiment of that kind of liberation that we want to see. And I think that's one of the reasons I kind of came into the animal movement, was a part of that whole holistic understanding of what liberation
2: means. Yeah, understood. Yeah, th- thanks for
0: that. Joe, you mentioned in your VegFest UK talk this year that you don't think that making comparisons, comparisons such as Holocaust, slavery, rape, etc., are helpful. I'd probably go further than that and say that they, that they can be really harmful and and certainly mm. triggering. Would you please elaborate on why you think they're not helpful and on? exactly how they may even be harmful.
1: Yeah, it's a very difficult one. We've had a lot of conversations within the Animal Alliance about this, and a lot of people say, you know, it does get people thinking. But I think one of the main issues, from a purely historical point of view, and this is ignoring the human impact, is that actually it's very difficult to find situations that are directly comparable and I think what you said is right that these comparisons can be very triggering Um, and I know from my personal experience when I talk about what happens to um, cows in the dairy industry as a survivor it's triggering enough for me without having to use direct comparisons to rape and sexual assault these things are very very emotional and I think it's enough to simply state what happens and for people to draw their own conclusions Um, but I think at the end of the day my principle is that if we are unsure of whether these are harmful or not we should avoid them in the same way that I don't think it makes sense to sit on the fence with veganism Uh, if you're unsure of whether it's the right thing to do. It's not going to do any harm to go vegan, but it could potentially do a lot of harm to not be vegan. We know that it does do a lot of harm, but in the same way, it doesn't make sense to sit on the fence for something that could potentially be harmful, but does no harm to avoid. Um, That was probably completely
2: garbled and no, I, I love that answer. That was great. Yeah. Okay.
0: Absolutely. I, I was about to say the same thing. That's so perfect. It, and I completely agree. If the language that you're using or something that you're doing, if you're not sure whether it's going to be harmful, or even if you don't personally think that it's particularly harmful, but somebody approaches you and said and says that it's harmful to them, change it. Mm. I mean,
1: yeah. it's the only, simple. The only- exceptions to that rule is where you're torn between two choices that are both harmful and you've got to weigh that up. That's a difficult situation to be in but where you've got one that does cause harm and or could cause harm and one that you know doesn't cause harm it's just logical to avoid the avoid the one that's going to cause harm um, Absolutely. and I think that's something with language that we can do. Now I'm not advocating Tone policing, particularly, because I think you're going to get a lot of people who are very opposed to intersectionality saying, you know, oh, but people are so aggressive and all of that. I think that's a very different story when you're challenging these kind of ingrained injustices within society, that you have a right to be angry, but I don't think you have a right to call upon other. Injustices to try and justify yourself.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you, you mentioned um, the Animal Alliance in, in your last uh, answer, uh, the group yeah. that involved in. Uh, can you give us a brief rundown of what you're up to uh, with that group?
1: Um, at the moment, most of them are at the pub um, without me. But um,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's. Well, you, you got the short end of the stick then, didn't
1: you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's always a pleasure to talk about them. They're a great bunch and I love them dearly. Um, it's just a, well, i say a small group. It's what, as with most of these groups, there's a small core and then a larger kind of um, periphery. Um, and we do, I'd say, fortnightly outreach events in Brighton. And um, we've got a formula that seems to work, which is, you go out to a local park, we set up a table, we have leaflets, we have cookies, amazing cookies. One of us was the best baker. Um, and we give them that and we talk to the people. Um, and you know what, in an eve, in an afternoon, if one of us can have a positive conversation, it's worth it. Um, but actually we have so many great conversations with people. Um, And it really does make a huge, huge amount of difference because, I mean, it's so little effort to give up a couple of hours every couple of weeks and to talk to so many people and to have conversations because sometimes that's all it takes, you know. Um, And we've got a couple of things that we're going to try out uh, just to make things a bit different. So at the moment I've just got in front of me a receipt from my weekly shop um to prove that veganism is affordable. That's one of the things we get asked a lot is um you know, how do we afford to go vegan? And we can very easily say, oh well, you know, it's affordable, it's fine. But it's another thing to give a photocopy of a receipt and say, This is my weekly shop, you know, use it as your shopping list if you want. And to give people practical assistance also setting up a small Facebook group, a vegan support group. So if people on the outreach are uh, unsure of whether they're able to do it, we can say, why don't we join this Facebook group? And we've got some people here to um, who will be online to answer your questions, to give you recipes, to kind of help you along the way, that sort of thing. So it's very much centred on that vegan outreach. And it's difficult because to talk about because there's not really much to expand on because it's so simple but at the same time so effective and i think that's really something that we can keep doing and it does have the biggest impact with the least amount of effort
0: i love the idea of setting up groups with vegan mentors i think that that is one of the most helpful and constructive things that vegans can do
1: yeah and i mean a lot One of the things I found was that I was terrified of going vegan. Um, I thought I'd have to, you know, do it in all of these little steps, cut out this and then cut out that. But actually, once I decided it was something I wanted to do, it was surprisingly easy. And a lot of people, I think, would be more willing to go vegan if they knew they had a hand to hold and they knew there was someone there Somewhere where they could go, where their questions would be answered, where they wouldn't be judged and where somebody could say, yes, I had that issue when I went vegan and here's how I resolved it. Here are ways other people have resolved it, that sort of thing. So it's something we're trying out, you know, um, still in its early days. And we're hoping it will be something that will really give people some strength as they make that step.
0: Absolutely. Good luck with it. I wish you all the best. Oh, thank Joe, you very much. <laughs> thank you so much for spending your time with us with us and our listeners today.
1: No problem.
0: And I also wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for everything that you're continuing to do on behalf of both humans and other animals. No
1: oh, thank you, and thank you for everything you're doing. No,
0: no take care.
1: Okay. Why don't we break me to white?